asshole. You're kidding. Just one shot? They're not all zombies, Doug. How do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Well, sometimes, that is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It's dead song to get down with. About six feet under. Get dead. Ooh, I love this song. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Rotten Views Podcast. Uh, we've got a fun one in store for you guys, as you can see by the title above this episode. We are watching Aliens from 1978, I want to say, 79. 79, I was close. A sci-fi horror movie for an hour and 57 minutes. But before we get into that... Um, just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening i'm actually recording this podcast right after the uh, previous episode which is actually amazing for me i'm building up a little bit of catalog because usually it's the week before i just record edit put it all up sometimes by like friday night which is bad on my part but uh, you gotta do what you gotta do i guess but uh yeah i'm recording this one literally right after recording the last episode and hopefully maybe this weekend coming up i'll get another episode maybe even two recorded that way we'll be ahead of the times but we'll see how it goes so hope for the best but anyways i want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening sharing commenting rating reviewing and all that other fun stuff i appreciate it i see the numbers going up and i really do want to say thank you to everyone uh maybe one of these days we'll get a patreon set up if you guys want something like that i'm not expecting anyone to donate money to me but if you want it if i feel like i can make content that's worthy enough for that then we'll do that maybe we'll do like a side podcast about video games or i don't know I really don't know. I don't have any ideas. i just throwing that out there right now in case anyone does have any ideas or would be willing to. I don't know if that's a thing yet. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I've just been doing a lot of artwork, like I said, every week. Uh, I got the Post-it Notes series coming out. If you haven't seen those, definitely check it out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I got the posts all scheduled so they all drop each day. So I don't have to worry about actually posting them, which is a nice for a change. I'm getting ahead of the game on a lot of things lately. And hopefully it keeps working out. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so that series is running to the end of the month. I'm also trying to pluck away and finish off this 5x5 by 8x5 sketchbook. It's the first time I've ever filling a 100-page sketchbook from start to finish. Because a lot of my sketchbooks I have, I'm, as other artists would probably agree, I get about 20 pages in and then I throw the sketchbook away. Like, not actually away away, but into like a pile of other sketchbooks. And then I buy a new sketchbook and I do the same thing and I just keep repeating that process. Uh, yeah, I'm hopefully going to finish this one all the way because they're smaller sheets. So it's been uh, it's been a project of you know love i'm just doing various portraits and whatnot that i of actors and whatnot that i like so it's a fun project and it's keeping me going so i usually get you know two of those out a week so that's always new artwork as well but you guys are here for the podcast you're not here to listen about that but if you guys do want to check out the artwork like i said links will be down below for the instagram facebook and the youtube because we got a lot of stuff planned for the youtube i know i say that all the time but we're actually being 
pretty consistent with the content on there, at least in the short sections. Uh, I like doing the, the little short videos, and uh, hopefully maybe we'll come up with some reaction videos. Or maybe that'd be a Patreon thing. Probably not. It'd probably just be a YouTube thing, but you know, it is what it is. So like I said, our movie today is Alien from 1979, a sci-fi horror movie for an hour and 57 minutes, an 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 4.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. 88% of Google users like this film. Our release, release date was May 25th, 1979, directed by Ridley Scott. And, you know, there's also other sequels like Aliens and whatnot. We're not going to get into any of that kind of stuff, but we're just going to stick to the actual first movie. So quick little plot uh, off of Google. In deep space, the crew of a commercial starship Nostromo is awakened from the Cairo sleep capsules halfway through their journey home to investigate a distress call from an alien vessel. Danger. Just, just putting that out there. Danger right there. The terror begins when the crew encounters a nest of eggs inside the alien ship. Danger more, okay? go away. An organism from inside an egg leaps out and attaches itself on one of the crew, causing him to fall into a coma. And that's the the end of the plot for that on Google. But, you know, from the gist of it, you know, aliens attack, alien, I should say, attacks, and, you know, some fun times are had by everyone, right? <laughs> I like the tagline as well. In space, no one can hear you scream. Uh, some trivia, apparently the blue laser lights that were used in the alien ship's egg chamber were borrowed from the Who the band was testing out the lasers for their stage show in the soundstage next door. And apparently there's also a goof. Apparently roughly around an hour and 35 minutes mark a crewman with a black panel of some kind is visible through the smoke as ripley runs through the corridors to the end of the film uh, i didn't notice that but i might have to go rewind it and check it out because that's actually kind of interesting and funny i like to seeing these various things where you can see uh crew member mess ups and whatnot it's, it's just an enjoyable part anyways that's going to bring us right to the movie and uh hopefully i sound okay i'm slowly getting sick so i'm glad i'm getting at trying to get ahead so if i there's a little bit more editing in this it's just because I'm trying to uh, clear my throat and whatnot because uh, yeah it's that time of the year and everyone in this household is getting sick and it's just a fun fun time said no one ever anyways as we already mentioned it's a really Scott film and now preview time when it comes to entertainment you can't beat a good film so let's take a look at what's coming your way. The following program is brought to you in living color. Saturday Night at the Movies, the television series which each week brings you the finest in recent motion pictures.
movie starts with a shot in space as the music plays and the intro credits roll in the alien font. Just this very basic font. So it's coming down from the top of the screen. At first, it kind of looks like it's supposed to be like a glare on the light, like you're looking for, or look, looking out a window. Kind of looks like the light hitting on that. And it's supposed to be a glare, but it's actually the alien's font coming down in the scene. And I also want to say I really love the music and how it sets up the atmosphere for this movie. Jerry Goldsmith, the man behind the music in this movie, did a really excellent job pulling everything together. And it's just amazing how it all sounds. I just love listening to the sounds of the movie. Then we have a shot of the Nostromo uh, commercial towing ship. Uh, we see it moving through space and then it's just such a cool shot. You can tell it's definitely a model because of the, the period and the time and everything. But it's just so much detail in the perspective and everything else on it. It's just amazing. So it just makes it look really, really well done. And then we get inside the ship and it really puts into perspective how much work went into creating these sets for this movie because there's so much detail, so much piping, wiring and everything else. Uh, but we're looking through the ship and there's no uh, signs of life at all. Then the computers turn on and a bunch of numbers start running across the screens and then it just all of a sudden stops. And that's the mother computer. Uh, then we see a hallway that starts to light up and the door opens up and we see the air pressure changing because there's like uh, jumpsuits or something on the side of the wall, spacesuits maybe, and they kind of blow because you can tell the air pressure is changing. And then uh, we can see our crew slowly waking up from their uh, sleep chambers or pods. I like to call them pods. Probably not the proper terms, but I like to call them sleep pods. We cut and see our crew fully dressed sitting around the table getting a bite to eat when even the fucking cat, Jones, is sitting on the table eating his food. I don't know about you. I don't like cat eat food on my table, but that's just me. I wouldn't want that. I don't want the cat on the counter or the table or anything like that. Cats are disgusting. Goddamn hairballs. But that's besides the point. That's just my personal opinion on a cat. Why couldn't it be a dog? You know, get a little corgi in space or something? I don't even like corgis, but it'd be kind of funny if somebody edits a corgi into the film instead of a cat. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Anyways, then the alarm starts going off in Dallas. The captain of the ship uh, gets up to go talk to the mother computer. Or not really talk. Like, kind of read the uh, commands, I guess, that are coming from the mothership or headquarters or whatever it might be then we cut to the rest of the crew getting set up in their various stations in the control room i guess it's kind of like the main hud of the ship i'm not sure the proper term for that at all then we hear ripley in the background trying to get a hold of another ship that's near um that's crashed down on the planet where they're trying to rescue it's the i'm assuming she's trying to get a hold of the one that sent out the distress call essentially is what she's trying to do and then she's trying to make it clear that it's not in their system as well so i'm not sure if like hey that's that's in jersey we're in new york kind of thing borders kind of thing i don't know the whole process on that space travel and whatnot then dallas comes back into the room to let the crew know that they are not home yet course because they already know that and they are halfway home and that mother woke them up from their sleep because mother computer got a stress call from their ship that's crashed on the planet then we see parker complaining because he feels like he's not getting paid enough to help another ship that's in trouble he's like you know we get we get paid to take items from point a to point b we don't get paid to help people i need more money if i'm gonna have to help somebody then we see the ship getting ready to disengage from the main part of the hull uh so they can take the smaller part if this makes any fucking sense i don't know if it will i don't know the technical terms anyways the ship's breaking off into two so the smaller part that has everyone inside of it can go land on the actual planet to try and save who's ever in trouble we see them dropping closer into the atmosphere and the ride starts to get really bumpy and but they land and uh 
in one piece, kind of, sort of, because the alarms start going off, and then air starts spraying all over the place, and somehow they breached their hull in the bottom of the ship by landing, so they must have landed on a sharp rock or something. I'm not really too sure what they landed on. Uh, Parker and Brent are down below looking at the damage, and Parker's pretty pissed because they don't have what they need to fix the issue, and I believe they said something like it's going to take 25 hours to fix it, or maybe it's going to take 25 hours for them to get rescued. I'm not really too sure on that part because I wasn't really fully paying attention to every little line that was being said, but something along those lines. And then we see Dallas, Ash, and Kane look at the computer system. They're trying to get a read on the planet and trying to figure out where they are and what the outside looks like to see what they're up against. And then Kane's like, you know, I want to be the first person to explore this because Kane's the kind of get the go-getter, I guess you could say, and that's going to bite him in the ass. Spoiler! If you haven't watched this movie yet and you're going to get spoiled, then uh, I guess you should have knew that before you even clicking on this to be honest i don't know why i'm putting this disclaimer like 12 minutes in but uh it is what it is i guess didn't say it was a smart man just a creative guy artistically uh this podcast wise no nah, i'm dumb as a doorknob pretty much anyways we see the three of them suited up and going out to explore when they open the door it's pretty much a snowstorm outside and they're looking around like oh shit can we shut this door and go back inside they're not really thinking that that's my thoughts on it and that's going to be my thoughts once winter actually starts here because i'm going to be like nah I don't want to go outside, but you got it anyways because the dog needs to be walking. You got to go to work and the kids got to go to school. So you don't really have much of a choice on that matter. Unless you don't live in Canada. For all my American listeners that are in Florida, I see a lot of you guys. You guys are lucky. That's all I got to say. Then we see uh, Brett and Parker saying they aren't going to do any work unless they get some extra share of the money. And Ripley tells them pretty much to fuck right off. I'm not blurring that out either because I clicked that this is a mature content podcast. So uh, sorry about that if you're, you, you know lying to the system and listening to this when you shouldn't be. We cut back outside to the crew exploring some more and then we cut back to Ripley trying to communicate with the mother computer system to get a signal out for help I believe is what she's trying to do. Then we see Dallas and his crew coming up on what looks to be another ship that's kind of crashed inside the planet but it looks very weird and alien looking. We also find out Ash is uh, back in the ship making uh, use of the cameras for the astronaut suits that they have and he's being able to see what everyone else sees. And then of course the cat cameras that ash is working on or using uh through the suits they all start to slowly crack up and lose communication and break up you know technical horror movie sci-fi issues then as dallas and the crew slowly get inside the ship everything inside looks different to the eye it's more scaly slimy looking more alien-esque then they find this upper area they go to explore it and we can see this like alien life form that's sitting in a chair and he's very big but he's also dead it looks like he's been dead for a long time. But it looks like he's sitting in a chair and there's maybe a control panel in front of him or maybe like a giant gun of some sort. Uh, but yeah, th- like they said, they said he's been dead for a while. Dallas then notices a spot where it looks like something exploded out of, I don't know if it was the alien or something else around that. But it looks like something was inside and blew up outside and, you know, escaped and then kane calls him more for what he has found uh because it's something cool and then he wants them to check it out he wants to go explore it then ripley's on the the mother computer as it's decoding she tells ash the call doesn't seem like it was a distress call it seemed like it was an sos or a warning call and ash kind of just blows it off like yeah it's it's a distress call don't worry about it the uh the system's just a little messed up then we see kane being lowered down into some sort of alien cave because that's always a safe thing to do when you land on a new planet where there's a distress call for help. Kane makes it into the bottom of the cave and he is uh, talking to the rest of the crew up above claiming how the area seems to be full of eggs. Lots and lots of eggs. Big eggs, not small eggs. Not your little chicken eggs. Like bigger than an ostrich egg. Like dinosaur egg almost. I'm assuming because I would never know what a dinosaur egg looks like because 
I guess they'd be all different sizes anyways, but you get the gist. He gets closer. He shines his light on the egg from the outside. We see some movement coming inside because it's not the very transparent looking egg and you can see the face hugger inside and it moving. But then the top of the egg actually opens up and he kind of looks at it and kind of sounds like it hisses at him. And he's looking at it a little bit more and then the fucking face hugger jumps out and then we cut away from that scene. He's like, oh, I wonder what happened. And then we see just Dallas and Lambert showing up to the ship, but they're dragging um kane with him as well uh dallas says to ripley that something has attached uh itself to kane's face and ripley's like well you're not getting in you gotta be quarantined for 24 hours i'm not letting you in it's protocol i'm i'm in control you guys are technically off the ship right now so therefore i'm the next in command i'm not letting you in and then uh ash is like oh open the door there and they're in we see them inside and dallas and ash are cutting off kane's helmet like down the middle to try and just seal it off and then once they finally get the helmet off we see the face huggers fully engulfing kane's face and you can't see his face at all but you see he's slowly breathing and they're like hmm i wonder how they're going to get that off and that was like well how are we going to do this so like can we just rip it off the rest of the crew is also watching from outside the examination room through the glass window and they're all shocked like oh there's something weird on his face they put kane in some sort of like scanning container and they look inside and they see like there's tentacles or something going through his his body and ash is like well it could be keeping him alive could be feeding him oxygen and dad's like ah we're gonna cut it off. Let's just cut it off. If he dies, he dies. It's fine. I'll take the I'll take the blame for it. If he dies, he dies. They make a cut, and some acid comes out of the area where they cut and starts eating through the floor. So Dallas leaves the room, goes down another deck. It goes through that deck, goes down another layer, and it slowly eats through that deck as well. We see Parker and Brett working on the ship some more to try and get it up and running, but there's still no luck yet. It's still like backfiring or whatever it might be. Then we see Ash later that night, or I assume it's later that night. He's doing. He's looking at some cells. For from the alien on like this uh tells what's the technical name for that microscope he's looking on a microscope i know it would come to me after a while it's only nine o'clock and i'm my brain's misfiring already this is great then ripley comes in to check on him and see how things are going then ash tells her that the alien is changing uh kane's cells and making him a tough little son of a bitch and then uh, ripley starts giving him trouble for not following the orders of command and the quarantine rules because she's like you know kane and um dallas are off the ship so that leaves me in charge and you're not listening to me and i don't appreciate that essentially then ripley starts questioning why a science officer would take such a big risk in breaking the rules c command just for what something he doesn't even know what it is so and he has no um authority on this ship because he was just brought in last minute we then see dallas relaxing in the control room listening to some opera music and then ash pages him to come check out kane because something has happened we see dallas ripley and ash going to check on kane and we find the face hugger has now disappeared and no one knows where it's gone they start checking around the medical room trying to find where it has gone and then it falls out of the ceiling onto ripley's shoulder and drops on the ground and it's now dead ash uh then is seen playing around with it on the table and he's like poking at it and prying at it and ripley wants it to go away because it bleeds acid and ash tells her you know relax it's not a zombie or anything it's, it's not going to come back from the dead it's like yeah how you know that science man how you know it's not going to come back alive it could come back alive you don't know that now at this point i believe uh, dallas gives ash the okay to play around with the alien and trying to do tests and whatnot on him and ripley isn't really happy with that decision because ripley's like you know he was just brought on the last minute i don't trust him i don't know him and i don't know what his motives are for this and why are you trusting him he's like you know this is just what the company wanted and i'm doing what the company wants so i want to go home and i want to get paid and i just won't be done with it and then at this point uh ripley also lets dallas know that the ship is kind of able to move it's not proper and there's a lot of things still broken with it but they can manage with it so dallas is like hey 
fuck, we're going now. We're gone. We're going to make do. We see them uh, dock back into the main part of the ship and get ready to head home. Then we see Parker saying that they should freeze Kane's body till they get back home because they don't know what's going to happen. Well, they think he's dead. I guess he's dead. I, sh I said think because it's a spoiler. Then Ashes buzzes up uh, telling the crew to come see Kane. And then when they get down there... Kane is awake and kind of talking, but he doesn't remember much of what happened at all. Then Dallas says he's giving the crew a meal before bedtime and he's buying. Uh, then as they're eating, Kane starts to choke and he starts to fall backwards onto the table. Like he gets up and starts falling back on the table and grabbing his chest and everything. And then we see he's wearing a white shirt and then we see the chest of the white shirt fill up with a little bit of blood. And then slowly through, we hear some cracking and then the, the baby alien breaks through his chest and then bolts off the fucking table. Then we see the crew as they look at Kane's body body wrapped up uh, in like this bed sheet it's in a different area and they're washing through water and they literally just shoot him out to space like some space trash okay farewell adios amigo see you later then we uh, have brett showing the group a uh, new space age cattle prod to shock the alien and there's also like this tracking device that beast, I guess, when the alien's close. And they also have a net. They also have a net to catch the alien with. Because they still think he's a little tiny guy. Then, in typical horror movie fashion, we uh, decide to break up the crew into teams. Which is just the team of uh, Ripley, Brett, and Parker going to hunt the alien down. They give Parker, the black guy, the net. Because that's going to be the most useful tool in the the battle to have. Then again, Ripley's only got the tracking device and the flashlight, so. Then again, to a room where Ripley's tracker or detector device, whatever, starts going off of the locker. So they open the door and the cat runs out. And they think it's the alien, but it's like, oh shit, it's just the cat. So then Brett tries to go uh, catch the cat. And he's searching for the cat. And he gets all nervous because he thinks he hears something. And then we see the cat run off. And then he looks down at the floor. And it's literally the skin of the alien is like molted on the ground. And he picks it up and he's like, uh. Brett walks into this room where the cat ran into. And there's a bunch of hanging chains. And they're moving, I guess, because there's a little bit of wind through there. I'm not sure how that works. Maybe it's the AC's on really on full blast. And he's still searching for the damn cat. And there's also water pouring down from the ceiling. Which I don't really know if that's safe or proper to just have a, like a room where there's AC on full blast and there's it looks like it's raining inside the room and it makes no goddamn sense anyways brett's enjoying it getting some water on his face and then he finds the cat scared into a corner and it hisses at him and he thinks it's hissing at him and then he turns around and the full-grown alien is now right behind him and literally drops down he doesn't hear it at all because it's really light on his feet and it literally i think it punctures right through his skull and then it drags him off but the cat just watches as brett dies because cats are assholes then we see parker and ripley saying whatever it was it's big because it pulled Brett Ray into the air shaft tunnels and just pretty much made off of them. Dallas has the idea to trap it in the air shaft to try and shoot it out in space. Uh, Ash mentions most creatures run from fire, so they decide to make a, a flamethrower or maybe they were headed on the, the ship. I don't know. I don't know what kind of things it would have. Then we cut to Dallas on the computer asking if they can terminate the alien for the mother computer and it keeps coming back with uh, cannot compute, not enough data. So pretty much saying, fuck you, don't kill my alien, bring it back home. Then we see them setting up the plan to lock up the air shaft tunnels i believe it was dallas heads into the tunnel system with a small flamethrower and light in hand because you know that's what i want to battle an alien with uh, you never thought maybe bringing one extra guy with you as you know a hand maybe i know it's a movie but maybe they could hold the flashlight for you just a crazy thought but whatever once he's inside the hatch he tells ripley to close everything behind him so the alien can't get out then uh Lan Lambert, the other female on the, the ship, says uh, she has a reading on the alien around the third junction, I believe. So, of course, Dallas heads that way. Dallas shoots some flames down in the direction of the third junction to try and, you know, get the alien's head up or trying to scare him away. And then he is told all of a sudden the 
if the bleed the signal is gone or it stopped moving one of the two uh, lambert keeps saying that it has to be around him so he fires some more flames a bit but nothing of course then the computer starts beeping again and apparently it's coming right at him so he moves through the system some more and then he turns i think to the left and the alien's right there and then everything just crackles and we don't hear a scream at all but you can just assume that he is now dead because the alien just ate him let me see parker throws the flamethrower gun down on the table and it's the same one that dallas was using says he found it in the shaft and that there was no blood or signs of struggle or anything around it then lambert's like you know what we should all just get in the shuttle and pretty much fuck off and ripley's like no we can't do that because the shuttle only holds four people and lambert's like well fine we fucking pull you know straws and whoever gets the short end of the straws you're fucking out of luck and parker's like i'm not leaving until this goddamn alien is dead end of story i'm not having any more discussion about this the alien is dying before my black ass dies hopefully that was okay for me to say i'm sure it was fine but you know how this culture is and everything is you know cancel culture uh you know i'm just saying for how he's acting in the movie so uh don't hate me ripley wants to break off into pairs and trying to corner the alien to shoot it off into space because she still wants to go with the plan that dallas had even though dallas just died trying to do his same exact fucking plan ripley then asks ash if the mother has anything else to help them and he says there's not enough data yet and she's like well I'll just keep doing the same thing you've been doing nothing at all to help us you asshole we see ripley going into dallas's uh, control room area to talk to the mother computer and discuss the alien issue then ripley finds out the orders were to capture the alien and bring it back to examine it the whole time and then out of nowhere ash is right beside her doesn't hear the door open or anything and he's like i can't explain it at all and then uh she pushes him and walks off that was a boo-boo because that pisses ash off then ash closes all the other doors and exits so ripley can't get out and like there's this milk liquid pouring off his head slowly coming down like the side of his head and he fights ripley and throws her around till she's almost knocked out and he tries to he rolls a book up like it looks like he's gonna beat her with it but he literally just tries to suffocate her with it and ram it down her throat and then parker and lambert come in to try and push ash off but ash is too strong uh parker starts hitting him with a pipe or a fire extinguisher i'm not really too sure which one it is and then we find out ash this whole entire time has been a robot in disguise and not the cool one not like a transformer or anything just like that just like a, a robot who's now pissed off and getting ready to kill someone because you know they pushed him then we see on the orders of ripley parker trying to bring ash back to life because ripley wants to see if the robot ash knows how to kill the aliens or alien i should say because there's only one for this point in time they bring ash back to life but he doesn't and give them any help really and how to kill it he pretty much just says it's impossible and i feel bad for you guys and best of luck then uh, ripley decides to sh uh sh they should take off in the shuttle and blow the ship up they also uh set ash's body on fire and we see that cool uh robotic uh, silhouette sculpture underneath his uh, skin which i think is a really cool look they apparently only have 10 minutes to get off the ship once they put the plan into motion uh we see ripley getting the system up and running and then she hears the damn cat meowing so she's like oh i gotta go find the cat I can't leave the cat on the on the ship. Can't let can't blow up the cat. That's bad luck, I guess. He's only got nine lives. And he's only survived the alien this long, so better not blow him up. So of course she goes off to find Jones, the cat. As Parker and Lambert are getting the plan together to blow up the ship, I think they're getting all these like gas containers or propane tanks or something along the lines. Something that's going to blow up essentially all together in one area. We see Ripley remain there trying to take off the cooling container.
containers. I'm not sure. Uh, we see Ripley searching for the cat some more, and that jumps out and scares her. And But she's happy now because she got her damn cat. Then as Lambert and Parker are grabbing the containers, uh, they hear the alien. Then Ripley overhears Parker yelling at Lambert to move out of the way so he can set the alien on fire. But she won't move at all. She's just standing there still being like a statue, hoping that maybe it's a T-Rex and won't see her if she doesn't move. Then the alien turns around and starts attacking Parker. And then it starts to, I think at one point uses his mouth and goes right through Parker's chest. But then we see the tail of the alien going between Lambert's legs and up the back. So I'm assuming she just got like impaled by his spiky tail. And we see Ripley running to the screams and then all the screaming and everything just stops. She finally gets to the room and she looks in and everyone's dead. So she runs back to the system area to set up the self-destruction area to put the plan into motion because she's like, oh, fuck it. They're dead now. I got my cat, so I might as well blow everything up. Uh, then the mother system uh comes on board declaring the ship will self-destruct in t-minus 10 minutes at this point i think ripley grabs a cat carrier that uh, jones is in and starts heading to the shuttle area uh we see the system counting down but ripley then runs back to the system area to turn everything off but she's too late because the computer counts down to zero i don't know she was trying to turn everything off to set the cooling back on to stop the self-destruction by the sounds of it and then you know uh, the mother computer says it's pretty much too late and then she calls it a bitch and I breaks one of the computer screens. And then we see Ripley walking through the hallway with a flamethrower in hand as the alarms are blaring off and the lights are starting to flash. And I'm like looking at the screen. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to give me a headache in about two more minutes if this keeps up. Uh, she picks up the cat carrier with Jones inside. And then we see she gets into this shuttle and she literally throws the cat carrier down and like kind of moves it like, oh shit, sorry cat. And uh, mother tells her there's one minute left till everything blows up. We see the, the shuttle starting to take off as the computer starts to count down from with 30 seconds left to spare then we see the ship blowing up and the shuttle is shaking as a bright light flashes in front of her eyes ripley says i got you you son of a bitch then she uh, takes jones out of the cat carrier and puts him into a sleeping pod for whatever fucking reason i don't i don't know because i guess it's gonna be a long trek and she doesn't want him to stay awake uh then we see ripley undressing as she's setting up the computer system for the trip home and we find out the alien's been hiding in the goddamn shuttle the whole time is like in between the walls or like a desk or something i'm not really too sure what it is but anyways it's laying in between two sections and it's very lethargic and not really attacking or anything uh, she slides back into this uh, dressing area room that has like the space uh, astronaut outfits suits suits sounds better than outfits anyways uh she slowly gets in the spacesuit and loads up this weird ass looking spear gun anyways she then gets out of that room and buckles herself into like a se safety seat and then she plays around with the computer some more to just press air to wake the alien up and it wakes the alien up and she's slowly moving away from it like turn away from it and then it gets behind her so then she gets you know turns around and screams at it hits the lock to open up the door and it gets shot to the door and we see the air like the alien almost getting pulled out into the atmosphere. Sorry about the dogs barking in that scene. Uh, someone decided to be an asshole and just stand outside my window with their dog. Which upset my dog because he's an asshole and now their dog outside sounds like an asshole. So if you hear some barking, I'm sorry. But that's the joys of living in the apartment, I guess. Yay! Anyways, the alien's grabbing onto both sides of the door to try and stay in the shuttle and she hits it with the spear gun it shoots out loses control but it's hanging off and she closes the door on the shuttle and then the thing is hanging right in front of the the jet engines i guess you would say the exhaust anyways as it's hanging up against the exhaust she turns on the engines again which causes it to you know shoot the flames right in front of the alien's face and all over its body and then we just see it fly off into the space atmosphere somewhere assuming that it might be dead probably not but we don't really know then we have ripley saying her report inside 
dying off as the last survivor of the Nostromo. And then we cut to her in her sleeping pod as the outro credits start to roll and her face slowly starts to turn into the space. And then, uh, yeah. That's the end of the movie, and it's you know, a great movie. What can I say that hasn't already been said about this movie? Not too goddamn much. It's a great sci-fi movie, and I, it's one of the better sci-fi movies. It's probably one of the better movies of the late 70s as well. Good effects, like I said, great uh, stage and everything. Just a great set, I should say. Uh, a lot of work went into this, and it definitely shows and a lot of love and a lot of lighting. Just the cool lighting, the cool atmosphere, and definitely you feel like you're in space. You feel like you're on different planets. Uh, on the rotten scale for me i would definitely put it as an 8.5 out of 10 um yeah i just love it uh it's probably my favorite of all the alien movies um uh, i'm that just might be me liking always like the first movie in a series but i think it is definitely a great movie and you should definitely watch it out for halloween because it's uh it's awesome so i definitely highly recommend it which brings us to our movie we're going to watch next week i still gotta figure that out so uh it's gonna be a little pause and edit between this and while i figure out what we're gonna watch next week all right so I know what movie I'm going to watch. It's been a while, and I can't believe I haven't done it for the podcast yet. I might do it for the Nostalgic Dads podcast for Halloween, but I don't think I did. It's been a while since uh, that podcast went under um, for various reasons. None of it bad, just uh, between me and my co-host's time. Anyways, that's that's a different conversation for a different story. Anyways, uh, we're going to be watching Ghostbusters from 1984. You know, there's a lot of talking up to that where I could just say Ghostbusters from 1984, but yeah, we're doing Ghostbusters from 1984 because it's a great movie, and I actually want to watch uh, i believe it's afterlife i think that's the one that came out the remake that just came out or the sequel or whatever so i want to watch that one too but we're gonna leave that off with uh, ghostbusters 1984 maybe we'll watch uh, two and the other ones but i'm not sure too sure yet but yeah that's gonna be the podcast for next week which is gonna be amazing because it's ghostbusters so how could it not be amazing which that might be the final episode for the month of october yeah it will be which is crazy how fast october has already gone maybe we'll try and squeeze in an extra podcast episode i'm not gonna say we will or not but maybe i'll try and squeeze in a mini-sode or something. Maybe I'll watch like a cartoon special. Maybe like a Garfield Halloween special. Could do that. Or maybe like a Family Matter or Roseanne episode. I don't know. I'm just talking up my ass like I always do. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll see what we can do for the uh, last couple weeks of October here and hopefully get some more stuff out. But, like always, uh, make sure to check out the outro music uh, by Toronto-based horror band Blood Opera. All their links will be down below. As well, make sure to check out all my stuff. Like I said, be- at the beginning of the podcast, I'm doing daily artwork with the post-it notes. Uh, if you guys want to see that series go a little bit longer let me know maybe i'll try and band it out longer um like i said i got the smaller pieces that i'm trying to also get done trying to get two of those done a week uh you can see those all on facebook instagram and youtube uh facebook and instagram being the easiest to if you guys want to see them on twitter again i will it's just it's a hassle every now and then to keep up to date with everything because it becomes a lot to do in a day but we'll see what we can do um we're also going to be doing some more uh art videos or starting some art videos and like i said i'm still building up the catalog for uh video game let's plays for the ps1 snes and all the other kind of fun systems i should probably pick like three or four games just to do let's plays on but we'll see how that goes uh but yeah i've got i think 15 different videos 
already up or not up i should say in my catalog and they're fully edited and whatnot so we'll make those go live either sometime in the next couple months or maybe i'll just wait till the new year and start that process then but we'll wait and see how that goes so yeah make sure to check out all my socials down below if you want to recommend a movie to me just uh, send me a message on twitter instagram facebook or feel free to email me at rottenviewspodcast at gmail.com i'd love to hear from you guys if you want to suggest a movie or some ideas for the podcast i'd love to hear from from you guys as always make sure to leave a, a rating and a review if you can i appreciate it all and feel free to share the podcast all that little stuff helps out a lot and helps me get farther up on the charts and i appreciate everything you guys do each and every time and i will talk to you guys all later peace What's your pleasure, Mr. Cotton? The box. Take it. It's yours. It always was. Eternal fire, hooks and chains will eat your heart and tear your pockets.